Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. Welcome back to the Top 5 Podcast. This is Rail Bricker from Perth, Western Australia, running solo today. Our guest today is Brett Story, who comes from Denver in Colorado, and an interesting city. I've actually spent some time there. But Brett is the founding partner of Brighton Partners and Brighton Securities, and he has a long bio that'll be in the show notes. But I asked Brett for a simple description of what he does, and he said he helps entrepreneurs sell their businesses and obviously successfully for the most money, um, which would be you know the fairly good reason. So good morning or good evening, Brett. Welcome. Thank you, Raul. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to the conversation. So today, Brett, we're going to talk about your top five tips for maximizing the sale of your business. Now, on a personal level, having um, built up and sold and, and reverse listed a couple of businesses over my life, this is a topic very dear to my heart. So hit us up, Brett. Tip number one for maximizing the sale of your business. Tip number one is what I like to call grunt work. Uh, it won't surprise you to learn that the preparations needed to successfully execute the sale of a business start months, if not years in advance. And so uh, a business owner really needs to have a vision uh, of what's important to him or her, um, not only the financial outcome that they're looking for when they sell, but, but quality of life and, and other kinds of factors, and then begin making preparations to sell, um, including making sure your financials are in order, uh, that your taxes are paid, that there's, uh, if there's other regulatory items, that those are squared away. Um, as well as your general corporate um, non-financial documents, your, your, your corporate charter, uh, your operating agreement, your contracts with your important customers and vendors and employees. And, and that's all the stuff that you really need to make sure is in line uh, before starting uh, the process of selling a company, which can take anywhere from, from six months to a year. Okay. And I mean, getting all that together, I mean, I'm assuming that that's Part of your role, obviously, as consultants, is is kind of working through the checklist with companies, with with entrepreneurs. Um, so, so, so then, what is the you know w- when entrepreneurs are selling? Why are they selling? I mean, are they selling just to maximize financial gain, um, or are there lots of other reasons that, that sort of come in behind it? Yeah, that's the million or multi million dollar question. Uh, the first two questions we ask are why. And why now? Uh, because there's a lot of different reasons people sell a business. And, and we specialize in a segment of the market from 10 million to 100 million of revenue. So these are typically privately held family or founder owned companies. And you'd be surprised. There's a lot more that goes into the decision than just squeezing every single dollar out of the, the purchase price or trying to get every dollar from the sale. Now, don't get me wrong, that's the gating item. And that's the first hurdle. And that's the uh, often the most important thing. But factors like, you know, what are what's going to happen to my employees? Uh, what is my legacy? Um, am I going to be involved after the sale? Or am I riding off into the sunset or traveling the world? So, you know, these are these are these fundamental questions that that come up. And a lot of times, they're not tied to macro events or where the market is, or or necessarily how business is going. It can be as simple as um, people getting older, or maybe they have a health scare, or maybe 
they realize that they've built this business uh, to a great spot, but want to enjoy the fruits of their labor and, and take some time off. So, so, I mean, so we've got all the, we've done the grunt work, like, you know, so, so we've actually been down the road of the grunt work. We've actually got the, the, the background stuff done. Hit us up. What is tip number two? Uh, step number two is, is what I like to call, there's no I in team. Uh, the successful sale of a business involves um, a collaboration between a number of different advisors, uh, starting with the, the seller's financial or wealth management professional, because that person can inform the seller on exactly um, what kind of uh, dollar amount is needed for he or she to enjoy the life that they're looking to enjoy after the sale of the business. Um, you're going to need a, a corporate lawyer or a mergers and acquisitions lawyer to to paper up the transaction. You're going to need an accountant uh, to make sure that the buyer and seller are on the same page with financials. And lastly, you're going to need uh, a mergers and acquisitions advisor or an investment banker like myself who will quarterback the process, to use an American football term, and, and make sure that all the other advisors are talking to each other, meeting deadlines being held accountable and ultimately closing the transaction. And it's really, it's really that collaboration that results in the most successful deals. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I, everyone's in it for themselves, purchasers, sellers, whatever. Uh, yes. You know, you, you do obviously care having sold businesses about what happens to your staff, what happens to your legacy, but at the end of the day, everyone is after, you know, what they want. The vendors, the, the purchasers are looking for, probably a different thing to the vendors, you know? And so my experience of entrepreneurs is that they often resistant to taking advice, you know, they're not coachable. Yeah, they, that's very true. Uh, yeah. They, they've worn a number of different hats to get the business to this point and they're doing sales, they're doing HR, they're doing, you know, financials they are doing tech stack. And, um, you know, some of them do try and go it alone and, and I could, rattle off a, a, a long list of um, horror stories about business owners who tried to manage the sale process themselves, took their eye off the ball, business revenue suffered, profitability went down, maybe they lost a customer, and oh, and by the way, they didn't close the deal, so they're worse off than had they never gone down that path. So it, it takes a bit of humility and a bit of self-awareness uh, on the part of the sellers, for sure. Okay, so let's move on. So We've now done the grunt work. We've got our team around us. Hit us up. Tip number three for your top five tips for maximizing the sale of your business. Uh, keep your head down. And it's what I just talked about, which is the seller needs to be laser focused on running the business, continuing to do all the things that made the business great, that made it um, in demand from from buyers and and not get distracted or worry too much about the outcome of the sale process, but trust the advisors that he or she has surrounded themselves with to execute the deal. And by doing that, um, you're going to give yourself the best chance of attracting the best quality buyers who will pay the best price. You'll set the business up for success, not only leading up to the closing, but after closing the deal. Because remember, a lot of these deals come with back-end payments of some sort, uh, what we call in the business an earnout, that is tied to the future performance of the business. So if you've got the business on solid footing going into the closing, you're going to have that much more confidence. You're going to hit that earnout, 
And so keep your head down and focus on the business and let let the rest of us do our jobs. Absolutely. I mean, I am. Uh, I mean, I've always, as, as an entrepreneur who's been down this road, earnouts were always not a concern. But you know, if you're not involved, how do you control the earnout? And and that probably comes back to your point number one about doing the grunt work and getting everything right. But you know, how many entrepreneurs turn around to you and go? Oh, I don't want. I, you know, I'm happy with an earnout, but I need to be involved to make sure it happens. And happens it, a lot. And, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, and, and being involved can mean day to day, or it could mean being on the board. And what we ask a lot of time is, is what is that layer of management below you? Who, who's on that team? Who's going to step up into this CEO role or step up into a leadership role to continue to drive the business forward? And a lot of times, that's uh, a, a person or group of people that has been groomed for that by the CEO um, in anticipation of a transaction. And so he or she is going to feel more comfortable that his uh, or her team is going to continue to drive that business forward. But you're right. It's it's a big consideration, especially for those sellers that are, you know, transitioning out of the company, you know, six months or 12 months after closing. Okay. And so uh, I love your fourth tip, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, because emotions do come into everything. So hit us up. Tip number four of your top five tips for maximizing the sale of your business. Uh, drama kills deals. Uh, and this is a big one. And um, it, it can mean drama in terms of not taking care of some of the stuff we referenced in number one. Uh, you know, a financial misstep or a tax liability or maybe you have a threatened lawsuit from a formerly disgruntled employee that you don't disclose to the buyer or you forget about and there's nothing worse than for that to creep up um you know in the month or or weeks leading up to a closing because it has a disproportionate impact on the buyer and their trust and the the ability to get the deal done versus if it's disclosed up front and people have plenty of time to manage around it. But drama can also mean just what you referred to, the fear and greed and ego uh, that comes into these transactions. And you know, you can argue about something like a working capital adjustment, which may swing fifty thousand dollars one way or fifty thousand dollars the other way. And if you dig your heels in and and you let your ego get involved there, you'll miss the forest for the trees, which is you're selling your company for $35 million and what's 50 grand either direction. But, you know, those are the kinds of things that can, that can come up and that drama can turn buyers off. And, and, you know, ultimately the buyer's the one writing the big check. And if they're not comfortable, not only with the company they're buying, but the people they're backing, um, that can be a problem. Okay. So, so on that same thing, I mean, how, how different and and in 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 your work is obviously in the U.S. and and or or continental U.S. So, you know, U.S., Canada, etc. But how different is it? And and it's been twenty odd years since I was in venture capital. When it's um, you know, a company being bought for its for 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 what it is and continuing to run as it is, or being you know bought because somebody's buying 10 businesses to go for a front door or a side door listing on one of these stock exchanges and so they're all all they're doing is accumulating revenue or EBITDA or whatever their targets are um how different does that influence the transaction in terms of the motivation of the buyers 
it, it can mean a big difference. And to the extent that the the deal is predicated on backing the horse, that is the entrepreneur. I mean, most of the deals we do, uh, our sellers are 45 to 55 years old. They've built this great business. Um, our average transaction values in the 35 to $45 million range. And most often they're, they're taking some chips off the table. They're, they selling 70% of the business. Maybe there's another 10% in an earn out and then they're retaining some equity and they can continue to run the company. And obviously in a situation like that, uh, the private equity or strategic buyer that's buying the business is extremely interested in, um, the, 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 the entrepreneur, the seller and, and how they've built the company to date. Now it, to use your example, if it's um, a larger firm that may be just aggregating revenues and aggregating net profit or or customers or diversifying into different um, geogra- geographical areas in anticipation of a larger transaction, the people matter less and the, the business and those customers matter more. So it really just depends on the type of transaction. Okay, because I've seen that bring lots of drama to the transactions. Okay, let's start wrapping that up. Um, you, the fifth of your top five tips for maximizing the sale of your business. Yeah, the future is bright. And this goes back to one of the things we talked about earlier, which is the why now and, and, and the why. Why are you selling? What do you want your life to look like after the sale? Are you going to remain involved with the business? Are you going to turn the business over to different hands and pursue charitable work, start another company, play golf every day? Um, but answering that why and getting really clear on it is extremely crucial because for most of the sellers we work with, they've poured blood, sweat, and tears into building a business. They've worked long hours, and it is intimately connected to their own sense of identity. And unless you've got a, a true answer to the question as to why and what comes next, um, you know, you'll get cold feet. And I mean, sellers can't pull the trigger on a deal because they haven't answered for themselves the why. And so it's important to get that clear. Um, I am seeing more and more, let's call them young people, but younger people who, um, are, are, you know, they talk about, I've got a plan to scale my business and then sell it. Like they're already, they're, they're building in the, 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 the emotionless growth of the business. Um, you know, have you seen that sort of trend as well, where you've got people who are, you know, going out there doing everything to generate revenue, to generate a sale from day one of the business, rather than, you know, when I built my first business, I was passionate about what I did, it grew organically, and an opportunity came up to sell, you know, that that's, um, uh, that, that was more the chain, it was never built to sell. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I'd say it's 50-50 lately. Um, and, and the former tends to be more in high-tech, software, um, industries where scaling and scaling quickly is possible uh, with relatively fewer costs, um, as well as benchmarks that are tied to top-line revenue and not necessarily profitability to where you know, in a, in certain industries, if you scale that revenue very quickly, um, the the buyers are going to conduct a buy versus build analysis, and they'll say, "Well, you know, it'll take us ten or twenty million dollars or thirty million dollars to build this piece of software or this piece of technology." 
let's just go buy company XYZ who's already done it. Um, that being said, for a lot of the services companies or manufacturing that we've sold, it's much more akin to, to your situation where sellers have built a great business, it's provided for their families, uh, it's producing nice cash flow, but then something happens, whether it's an offer that's flung over the fence or something personal in their life that prompts them to think about selling. Okay. Neither's right, neither's wrong. Um, they're just uh, two different approaches. Yeah. Oh, no. And again, as somebody who's passionate about the businesses I've built and sold, um, I, when I was first confronted with, you know, entrepreneurs who turn around, you know, the, the first day that they were raising their seed capital, their plan was, you know, in three years time, it's going to be worth a hundred million and we're going to sell it. You know, that, that was, yeah, that was the plan from day one, as opposed to just building a business. So Brett, in terms of, um, our listeners, if someone wants to get hold of you to, to talk to Brighton Partners or Brighton Securities or to Brett Story himself about, um, you know, getting your business ready for sale, getting it sold, you know, managing the transaction, what's the best way to get hold of you? Yeah, thanks. I, I really enjoy talking with business owners. Um, it's, a, it's very energizing to me and I'm happy to give some of my time. Easy to reach me on LinkedIn, uh, Brett Story. Uh, as well as our website, Brighthorn, B-R-I-T-E-H-O-R-N.com. We have a contact form on the website that I will respond to personally. If somebody would like to get in touch and, and discuss their situation, we've helped uh, businesses, obviously, in North America, but but Europe and, and in Australia as well. So always uh, always enjoy speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs. Well, thank you, Brett, from uh, Denver, Colorado you know, for joining us today to talk about your top five tips for maximizing the sale of your business. This is Rail Bricker from Perth, Western Australia, signing off for another edition of the Top 5 Podcast.